Hi, friend. I'm hoping that everyone is feeling supported and safe and loved. I recorded this episode two days after I recorded the chat room bottomless episode. So I was feeling a little out of sorts, a little foggy, definitely a little broken hearted. Joss and I met in San Diego around 2017. Then we fell out of touch when I moved away from California and then came back into contact again on social media. From the time we last saw one another in person to the time we reconnected virtually, they had begun the process of transitioning. Listening to Joss share her story with me was such a big boost to my spirit and heart, especially around that time when I recorded that episode, Bottomless. We chat about transitioning, queering, virtual resources, authenticity, and what's ahead for us. I'm going to drop Joss's Instagram into the show notes. Now for our convo. Hello. Hi. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah. So I don't know what this is actually going to be like um, calling you through a speakerphone, but we're going to, or we'll find out. <laughs> oh, sorry. We have to Jimmy rig it. Yeah. Um, how are you? I'm, I'm really good, actually. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, uh, that makes me happy. Yeah, are you in San Diego at the moment or are you still on the East I, Coast? I am in San Diego. I came back um la came back on Tuesday, last Tuesday. Okay. And you were on the East Coast for a little bit? Yeah, I was in um I was in Maine visiting my boyfriend. Wait, are we are we on? We are. Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean we're not um, live or anything fancy like no, that. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> It's, this is fancy enough for me. Yeah. Um, I was in Maine visiting my boyfriend. He works for um, he works for a company that works for the Navy. He's a contractor, um, and he basically puts in like a, electrical wiring into Navy ships. Um, so it's kind of interesting. But he went out there in January and. He kept getting extended. Like it was supposed to just be a two, like a month to two month thing. And then it just got extended and extended and extended. And now he, it's kind of up in the air, but it's pretty sure that it's going to be until at least 2023, Um, which is good. I mean, it's a really good paying job and stuff. So um, that's good for him. But then, you know, it was just kind of like a figure out, what's going to happen to us and our dog and the life we've had, we have here, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Would you consider moving? I have considered it. Yeah. Um, pretty sure that's going to happen, but there's a lot of things that have to, mm-hmm. that have to kind of align before I can do that. Um, you know, I'm transitioning. So, mm-hmm. um, I have a few surgeries lined up. Um, a few consultations for surgeons lined up soon. Um, so 
you know, it's just kind of dependent on how fast some of that stuff can go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I guess in the interim, I'll just kind of live between the two places. Um, just, you know, fly over there, see him as often as I can. Right. Yeah. So that's going on. How are you feeling about possibly moving? I'm actually really excited about it. Yeah. Um, I am, yeah. California, I don't really have a lot left for me in California. Mm-hmm. Um, most of like the big parts of my circle of family and friends don't live in California anymore. Um, you know, I have, obviously I have like chosen friends and family here in San Diego, but, um, you know, none of them are like really deep ties that I have with a lot of the other, uh, people in my life. And most of them live on the East coast or Midwest areas. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I think I'm ready (laughs) and it doesn't have to be permanent, you know? Um, it, we're not sure if it's something that he wants to be permanent, um, you know, longer than 2023. Um, but we're just kind of taking it day by day. And, you know, I have a lot of things that I want to do, um, with like my platform, um, like within activism in general. And a lot of that doesn't really need a specific home, um, like a long-term home setting. Mm-hmm. Um, most of it is like virtual. So, Talk to me more about the activism. Um, so as you've seen online, I um, have somehow amassed a following on Instagram, um, mostly of like thirsty men. Um, but mm-hmm. a lot of them, a lot of the people that I, have following me now are younger, more impressionable, like the youth of today um, from all over the world. I literally have like maybe at least five conversations a day uh, with some random person that maybe it's, you know, left off from like the last conversation we had, but most of the time there are new people reaching out to me asking for advice or just like mm-hmm. wanting to find a friendship or a kinship um, with people who are like-minded. Um, most of these individuals are like either um, already out trans women, most of them, um, or they are, you know, pursuing like coming out and expressing to their family and, and their friends about their you know, true identity and how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the majority of my platform I've kind of created to be more of a visibility aspect of it. You know, I kind of played off of just taking a crap ton of selfies <laughs> and like then writing like a, like a little blog post underneath it. So it kind of like, attra- I feel like attracted attention in a, I kind of, I don't know. I never really thought I had a lot to say until I started saying it. And when, before I knew I had a lot to say, I thought the only way that I could get popular was to have, you know, pretty pictures. 
Mm-hmm. So I kind of went off of that for a little bit, but wanting it to be a little bit more me and different. So that's when I, you know, just started like blog captioning what I, what I'm feeling that day or, um, a specific cause that I want to bring awareness to, or, um, you know, something that I feel like people should hear or, you know, the, the trans youth of today should like know going into it or families of trans individuals should know going into it. Um, you know, just things like that. And somehow I've started just kind of trickling into different paths, um, within the LGBTQ, uh, community. I work with a, um, I work with a few different like makeup artists that work for um, companies such as like uh, um, Lime Crime, Mac was another one of them, Bobby Brown that are trying to kind of like branch out into the like more queer communities. Um, And so a lot of those people and the makeup artists that work for those companies are reaching out, trying to get more information about those communities Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been able to kind of talk to a few people about, you know, um, things that are very important within the community, things that I feel like are understated within the community of trans, um, individuals and the queer community. Um, some of that is like, you know, I came up in the world as a hairstylist and makeup artist and I lived a lot of my life in a seemingly vain profession. And um, over time I started realizing that it's not the vanity that's making the profession, like the profession, a, um, a big part of our industry because, you know, every famous person has a hair and makeup artist, you know, and it's not the vanity part that is the important part. It's the connecting to the people um, and helping someone feel better about themselves mm-hmm. um, and like creating a sense of not purpose, but a sense of um, almost kind of like a, a shield or like a representation of who they want to be. And um, so when I started realizing that my job was more than just someone playing Barbie, um, I... I started really appreciating it. And when I came out as transgender um, and, and then like specifically also transsexual um, as I started my transition, I realized how many people, even including myself, didn't really know how to go about helping someone transition when it comes to the um, more, like superficial part of the transition, the way that you mm-hmm. present, how you present yourself to the world. And I started realizing that that was something that I was good at. One, I was good at helping people feel good about themselves from a spiritual level, but then I'm also good at what I do. Um, I'm pretty good at explaining myself and how I feel about something, especially when I'm passionate about something. And I kind of found a way to be able to kind of put everything together. So I started reaching out to makeup artists and hairstylists, trying to find like a common thread um, 
someone that would be able to kind of help me tie things together um, and kind of just pieced this concept together of something that I want to create um, because there isn't really anything out there for trans youth or trans individuals. Um, it does, I mean, from all ages, because to be honest, I think transitioning just in general is a very hard, very um, difficult thing to go through. Mm -hmm. So, but like the older you get, I almost feel like it, it can get even harder, um, especially for those who didn't get to even experiment the way that they would have wanted to with the, you know, the clothing or the makeup or the hair or the shaving or whatever it may be of the gender that they actually feel they are. Mm -hmm. um, and so by the time they get to 62, say, you know, they don't, they have no idea what to do. They have no idea how to grow facial hair or how to, you know, shave their legs or how to put on makeup or, you know, anything, how to, how to put a bra on or that kind of stuff. So it's like, I want to create a company more so a, not really a company, more a, um, a, uh, I can't think of what I'm trying to say. Um, God, I'm like totally lost my thought. <laughs> no worries. You mean more like a platform, like um, yeah, like a resourcing like a, platform, a free, like a free thing? Why right, can't I think yeah. of what it's called? <laughs> um, um, I'm, I'm not like sure either. Like the LGBTQ either. centers yeah. are um, nonprofits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So I want to create a nonprofit that that caters to, um, you know, the things that I was talking about that would mm -hmm. help people within, you know, their transition, um, come up with funding for their transition, their physical transition, um, you know, even just the resources on, you know, what to wear, how to, how to do that, how to walk in, mm -hmm. in certain shoes or how to shave, um, grooming classes for men, you know, just kind of things like that, that kind of will help people to feel good about who they are as they move through their transition mm -hmm. and just an easier life for them. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it sounds like creating a supportive environment where people can feel like their authentic selves. And you know, another thing that makes me even think about is um, people who are experiencing um, like voice and vocal dysphoria mm -hmm. as being another component too. That would that is really great. Is That's it actually really true. I, am I wrong that it's dysphoria and not vocal or voice dysmorphia? It's dysphoria, I think. It I, is dysphoria. I could be wrong. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Um, I actually can't think of like the, like the difference between dysmorphia and dysphoria. I think, yeah, I can't think of what the difference is. But there is a difference. For yeah, sure. it's. And I, I know that you I'm know, gonna fuck it up too. It's in the um, like dysphoria as opposed to euphoria. You the feeling of euphoric and then dysphoric. Dysphoric means disparate. It's not matching. Yes. Um, okay. But morph and is dysmorphia. some type of change. I don't know. I <laughs> I should look it up. It's <laughs> but I'm I'm right there it with like you. you. Did look it up. <laughs> 
I know uh, you're on the phone. I was going to grab my phone and Google it. <laughs> you're on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> I could totally do that, actually. Um, dysphoria. Profound state of unease or dissatisfaction. Mm-hmm. But it also says that it's the opposite of euphoria. Yeah, yeah. But morph, dysmorph, sounds like morphing, changing, um, transforming. Dysmorphia. Deformity or abnormality in the shape or size of a specified part of the body. Right, okay. So body, somatic related, morph, gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you for this lesson today. It was helpful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's okay. We both learned. We did. (laughs) Learning I I, I normally know how to use use it correctly, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know how to explain why I was using it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel it's just, you know, it's it's a business of keeping up really with with languaging and um identities and ideas because i feel like they're constantly shifting the right thing to do is is to keep up with it you know and that's part of my job as a human and a queer person to keep up with it but it is sometimes a lot i feel like identities and like the way in which we language them and things are constantly shifting someone i had you know i was doing this um facilitating this group um it wasn't group therapy it was more it's more like a group community type of thing where people just all hang out on Zoom and then they have facilitators that just kind of like are there to really I don't know just have an, an adult in the room but yeah. they were like they were reading off their multiple identities and their intersectionalities and I'm like what? Yeah, yeah. And a lot I'm of like I've never even heard of that too. I was like you just combined all of the alphabet soup together I was like can yeah. you go back through that again <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, these people, I feel like we have created such a diverse and like, well, I guess, well-versed and diverse community of people in the world. Now Mm -hmm. we have a very good, we have a very good way now with the internet and all of this of keeping connected in a way that has never been done before. Mm-hmm. And so we learn so quickly about so many things. And I think the younger the people are, the more susceptible they are to these learning curves and being able to actually pick up, pick up on them so much easier than I feel like I could. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these, I mean, they're growing up with it. They're growing up with, you know, going to school and telling people your pronouns, you mm-hmm. know, when they're in school, like I, I, don't even think I remembered what a pronoun was until like I was, I don't know, like 12 or 13 and mm-hmm. I had it on my first test, <laughs> you know, like, but now these like sixth grade or six year olds are like talking about their pronouns, you know, and things are just shifting in a way that I think that there's some positives, obviously. And then there's some maybe a I'm little just gonna bit stop you for a sec- moments I'm in sorry. it too. So. I just want to interrupt you. You're brushing against um, the microphone component of your phone. Can, or can if, you hear it better? Yeah, or if you're are you using earbuds. I am using 
earbuds, yeah. Yeah, so you know where the microphone component is in that little rectangular section? Yeah. You're brushing up it against was, that. Is it better now, though? It's It stopped. But it's it, yeah, it's always an issue because people put in their earbuds and they forget that microphone is like halfway down. So it, what it winds up doing is it brushes against zippers and clothing and then it just goes... Sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> yeah. I'll just hold it out like I am right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I think all of that is a fantastic idea. Um, I love all, I love all of that. I don't think there's enough of it. I think it's needed. I think any type of um, any type of environment like that 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 provides support and resources and pertinent information and yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's basically what I want to do. Um, is be that kind of pertinent information for people all over. Kind of the, like, I want to be like the Google of queer things. Kind of. That's kind of what, I, what I'm what i thinking of is like this, like a place where you can go yeah. and look up, I mean, everything from, like, eventually this is what I want. You, some place you could go and, you know, you're in some hodunk town in the middle of nowhere. You can look up areas mm-hmm. that might be um, like queer friendly areas or um, queer owners or things like that. You know, yeah. just kind of, that's kind of what I am wanting to create eventually. Um, but moving off of like what I was talking about, you know, so yeah. I, I want, I want to like create more of an interconnection than I think we even have now, you know, we're talking about the change and stuff that, I kind of want to be a part of that. So. Yeah, and I know that there are, you know, there are, are a shit ton of of websites out there for yeah. like it's what feels to me specifically lesbian and gays, lesbians and gays. But there uh-huh. aren't a lot of sites that um, are just not. Where do you find your lesbian and gay bars? There are not a lot of sites that really like. Oh well, this is queer, and how are we really languaging what queer is? This is for the trans community. You know, mm-hmm. and I think like that. Yeah, I think that your that that idea of the the queer Google. What would you call that? <laughs> queer Google. <laughs> I don't. I don't have no idea. I, I have to come up with some kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. Google. <laughs> queer Google just sounds like it sounds weird. <laughs> it sounds like a sick beagle. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. I never want to hear it again. <laughs> Oh my god, a queer goal. Yeah. Yeah, I love that too. Like, I don't even, I can't even think of any, well, that's not true. I mean, I do see um, folks that I don't think they identify as transgender, but they identify as as, uh, as queer or non-binary or some uh-huh. type of um, gender queer. Like, I, I think people are out there like in the makeup and aesthetic world, you know, like that younger person, James... I can't remember. Charles. James Charles. Uh-huh. Jeffrey Star. There are people that are doing like, you know, androgyny and gender, some type of gender performance and play. But I don't believe they identify as transgender. And I, and I don't believe that no. like specifically like there's, there are people that are transgender that are in the, that are in the sort of makeup and hair limelight like that or or people providing that aren't just like raking in dough but providing information that's informative to 
you know, people wanting to feel authentic through these things, hair, makeup, clothing, fashion, things like that. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, I just kind of want to be right there, but kind of the more down to earth, like girl next door version of those people. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you know? not everyone, I love that too. I mean, there can be, not everyone's going out to a club in, in Manhattan, you know, when they're, when they're, you know, getting dressed up or getting done up or putting makeup yeah. on, you know, exactly. there are people that are just, you know, wanting to feel authentic and maybe more of a realness way that are going out to the mall. I mean, they're not like hitting the clubs. You right. Know? Yeah. You know, I feel like, especially in the trans and just like in the trans world, it's youth people think, and it's, it's, it's definitely somewhat problematic mm -hmm. because I think from the get go, um, did you watch Disclosure? on no, Netflix. I haven't seen it and I just it just flew on my radar again because I saw a post from um Laverne. Yeah. And I wanted to see it. Is it on, I, it's on Netflix now, right? I think it's on Netflix, yeah. Okay, cool. Um I would totally I I totally want would like to have a conversation with you again after you watch that. Mm -hmm. Um cuz I think that that would be really interesting to see kind of like what kind of shifts for you, but a lot of things that are rep that were represented um, in the trans or f representation for the trans community on television, movies, whatever it may be, theater um, for the past however many decades, um, at least 50 decades, has been either negative or comical mm -hmm. about the you know, kind of going back to like what you're saying, like the gender fuck or the the gender bending, queer, queer, like gender queer kind of um, lifestyle. It's It's been either a documentary or making fun of us or um, they're dying or, mm -hmm. you know, those kind of things. And, and so that has proven to be something that has been harder for um, the youth of, you know, today to break through without coming out as negative, You're right? And I feel like the same goes for like, um, for like gays. It was, the, I mean, it was the same thing. The first times any gay characters were on television, they were the gay best friend, the sassy gay guy or mm -hmm. the butchy lesbian, right? It was yeah. always either hyper feminized gay guys or very butch women and it was like one or the other now in the trans community it is it's either people think that a trans woman needs to look like a barbie like perfect and if they don't like perfect as in like straight out of a plastic like <laughs> out of plastic paper mm -hmm. like a paper bag or like looks like kin like perfect man you know mm -hmm. and if you don't fit that mold people don't know where to place you in their mindset and in their thoughts yeah. because everything that they've been brought up to see on television has in movies has been either you know trans women played by cisgender women who look very feminine right and so 
when they either see that or they see a transgender woman played by a very masculine cisgender male who is playing the trans woman and doesn't look very feminine at all. And so they kind of, there's no in between with it. And they're just kind of like what I was saying that I, I kind of want to be that girl next door, kind of not a Barbie doll, but still likes to be pretty, you know, and will still like, like roll up my jeans and go out in the dirt and plant plants all day long and be a sweaty, hot mess. You know what I mean? And, and be able to show both sides of that coin. And I don't think that that is, something that a lot of people are comfortable doing either so i just mm-hmm. kind of want to break the mold on a lot of things <laughs> yeah well, i also think about like you know trans folks who has access to what who has access to hormones who has access to um you know has money for clothing who has access to healthcare, who has access mm-hmm. to pay for medical bills for transitioning like you know that really kind of what well, i what you're talking about in terms of like you know, someone who looks like they could pass in such a way to me is also like that really brings up that question of of access. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also think about like folks that transition all over the lifespan, you know, mm-hmm. are going to have their own challenges at like at various different ages. You know, someone who started transitioning when they were 14 who were able to kind of like catch puberty Mm -hmm. and that's sort of early stage you know it's going to be quite different from someone who's decided to transition at 65 totally and what i want is to be able to bridge a gap of understanding between the fact that that someone can still be a hundred percent authentic and true and just as valid as like looking like the way that they look versus looking like the way that they want someone to look. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And, and I don't, I don't think it's fair to kind of put those ideals on, on ourselves anymore. That whole like passing thing I think is really hard. I know. And it's, it's a hard subject to kind of broach too, because I feel like for me, it's more about me feeling confident and feeling like I am who I want to see in the mirror and who I've always seen in the mirror. Um, but I want to finally like see it represented. And that is kind of where like my transition is coming from. It's not necessarily with the concept of, of wanting to like be stealth, they call it, or Mm -hmm. to, you know, fly under the radar. Um, I don't want to cause any more drama than I are like, than I already do with my big ass walking through a room. So I, it would be really nice to not, to not turn ahead right away. I don't mind if someone like clocks me and we talk when we have a conversation about being trans, like I don't mind my transness. I'm very happy and proud of who I am. And I want to be a representation of the fact that, you can be the girl next door trans woman who still has masculine, some masculine features and still has feminine features and is just as valid as someone who is a hundred percent stealth or someone who is not even going to transition Mm -hmm. physically, but still is 
whatever gender that they say they are. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, totally. I just, I just thought to myself too, how I've seen trans folks um, invalidated because they chose not to fully transition, or 100%. they chose to stop. They chose to take hormones and stop for a little bit, just be completely invalidated. Well, you must not be entirely transgender because yeah. you're not going through a full medical transition. Like yeah. I've definitely seen that pop up quite a number of times, like on social media, people posting about feeling invalidated and yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to talk about. You know, I just came back from being in the Midwest with my mom and, um, she, her stepdaughter's kids are adults. Um, they're like 18, 19, 18, 19, and the other one's like 24, 25. They both within the last five, five to 10 years came out as transgender. Um, <clears throat> and they both started their transitions as soon as they came out and then stopped transition, like stopped medically transitioning. Um, and now they both kind of live in an in-between state. They both go by they, them, theirs. Um, they both have names that are, um, that are, I guess, kind of neutral. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, specifically my mom and my, like some of my family, they have a hard time kind of catching on to what is going on. Why can't they just pick a side? Why do they have, why yeah. are they in the middle? What, like, I, I don't understand why I have to say they and them and, and that stuff. Um, you know, and, and trying to explain that to someone that just, I just doesn't understand. I don't, it's, it's, I always used to say that I feel like I could explain anything anyone like I could like explain myself out of any situation if you give me enough time mm -hmm. <laughs> and with my mom and with my stepdad it it was like I kept going in circles and in circles and in circles and they couldn't understand it didn't matter how many definitions I showed them how many videos I showed them they it's just something isn't clicking on how to get past it and once I figure that out because I'm going to <laughs> once I figure that out whatever it is that's going to make them click I'm going to keep trying that with other people because I want to find a way to like I said bridge the gap and make it easier for you know everyone to understand things and if we can find little things that are easy for people to understand you know and break it down mm -hmm. easily for them basically like the the what's that yellow book that's like supposed to keep oh something for dummies like the queer <laughs> the queer encyclopedia for dummies right you know and like hand that out you know and gender for gender people. for dummies <laughs> what were you saying gender for dummies yeah, gender for dummies. Oh, that's so cute. That has to be out there. <laughs> that is so that cute, has John. To be if that's out not there. out there, you need to freaking make that happen. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, that binary, she runs deep. <laughs> she she runs deep in the bones. <laughs> so and it's deep. just really hard for people to I mean, with something as that ingrained, it's just hard to like wrap your mind around it. I don't know. You you probably follow 
Alok um, on Instagram. A-L-O-K. I may be pronouncing it incorrectly. Uh, that's, that sounds like it would look familiar. <laughs> and I believe Al- Alok V. Menon. I may be pronouncing this incorrectly. Um, A-L-O-K, you said? A-L-O-K. And I believe it's middle initial V and then it's M-E-N-O-N. But they post um, really great sort of short, because it's on Instagram, it's like short form um, informational slash educational um, posts about gender. And I'm reconsidering the gender binary. Um, And I, and there are short and most, some of them are like, you scroll, they're like five to 10 of those placards or whatever placards, mm-hmm. whatever they are but um but i think that there's a lot there's some great information to sort of find in there about how to like broach subjects with people yeah um yeah that's definitely something i'll look into i am saving some of their videos so that i can go back and look at them after yeah. we're done i mean but the thing about it is it's like when you have when you have something that's as sticky as the binary mm-hmm. um, and, and because it's sticky, it winds up attaching itself to all of these other constructs, which are really hard to disengage from, like Christianity, procreation, marriage, mm-hmm. like institutions that are just like, they're what people know. I mean, if you, you, you can't not tell people that you cannot tell people to reconsider some of these institutions because it's just what they know. And it's mm-hmm. what, you know, generations and generations generations of people so like binary is really sticky and it sticks to all of these other systems and institutions and then it's very hard to to pull it apart and have a conversation just about gender let's have a let's have a conversation just about gender that isn't attached to um, a religion religion or or marriage or other things it's it's almost impossible for like for for like, um, you know, cisgender heteronormative culture. Yeah. Especially the older generations. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's there's something that I I want to believe that as we get older and as we age, um, you know, we're not all going to turn out like that and kind of stuck in our ways, like in a just in a a haze of what was once i guess <laughs> and now we have to try to like and i'm like air quoting this right now we have to try to figure this out for ourselves i am hoping that that is not how like our our generations are going to grow up because we are a lot more informed in a different type of way than older generations were at least while they were growing up we are one i think we are one of the first generations to grow up like with connection like we've had am i right about that um connection in terms of like being able to to connect meet each other in virtual space and things yes well i mean yeah because it's just progressive so it's just it's it's been successionally no that's not a word well it's just been more and more progressive i mean and now you think like 
over the past year during the pandemic, how people yeah. have connected like from all over the world in a yeah. really accessible, well, accessible if you have the access to yes. things like Wi-Fi, computer, things like that. But, you know, just have met in a way in, that wasn't before. Oh, totally. I mean, like the yeah. whole mental health field has changed now in terms of telehealthing. Like in terms of coming, the therapist coming into your home over that screen has changed the entirety of the mental health um, field. Yeah, totally. And it's so interesting because I've like I, I get to watch. I've been watching this stuff happen and unfold, and I think it's really cool to watch it. You know, because I I remember when I was a kid, I went and visited um, Yosemite, and when I went to Yosemite, I met one of the oldest women. Um, like that was still alive. I think she was like 119 at the time or something. Oh no, my. 109. Whoa, I can't believe I said 119. 109. She was one of like the oldest people from like Yosemite. Like their her whole family was from there. They were like settlers there, that kind of stuff. And <clears throat> when I was talking to her, she was telling me about how she remembered and this was like the 90s when I was having this conversation, but she remembered things like reading the newspaper with like the Titanic and oh, wow. like things like that. Like she was old, like, and it was just really, it was really interesting. Cause I remember growing up thinking about older people and what they witnessed as they grew older and, you know, watching the, you know, watching the war, like the, um, the war with the Nazis or, um, the Pearl, like Pearl Harbor or TVs being created or, you know, color TV, color movies, that kind of stuff. Like, I remember thinking like, oh, wow, she was alive during that. And I remember thinking like, oh, that's super crazy. I can't believe she's still alive. Mm -hmm. And now I'm only, you know, burp, 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 burp age. And I, <laughs> I have already witnessed so many things that when I get older, I'm going to be like, yeah, it wasn't like that when I was a kid. <laughs> like, oh, it's interesting to think of how much has shifted so quickly. And I'm sometimes in an awe of it still. Mm -hmm. Most of it's positive, the things that I'm in awe of. Yeah. But it's you know, like there's a, a lot of it that's not yeah. so good. Yeah, it's like... Uh... So some things have progressed and other things you're like, it is fucking 2021. Why, yeah. why are we still? How is it still possible why? that there are, oh God, what was it that I heard the other day? It was like some law in like the South, you know, it's just one of those laws where I was like, what? How yeah. is that still a thing? Oh yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, they'd be they'd be um, <laughs> hiding some of those laws in the back of the books with pencil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they won't notice this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I feel you know it's. I feel like we're. I get to the point where I feel like we are at a turning point, um, of things like Black Lives Matter, racism. Mm -hmm. Um, the horrible brutality and murder of black, brown, and indigenous people at the hands of mm -hmm. dominant mm -hmm. culture, at the hands of law enforcement. I always think we're at a turning point, and then it's like, are we at a turning point? 
But then I'm like, it's things, it's hard for like, you have to dismantle the entire fucking system that this like country was built on to really get to what, what, what we really need at the heart of the matter, which is like abolitionism, mm-hmm. decolonization, um, <laughs> equality, equanimity, um, universal healthcare, like all of these things. It's like, it's like all of the, ve- the very bone matter of this country is just, was built None not to support these things. <laughs> so like, you really need to like, just yeah, rip it all apart. It. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because the concept, the, the words dismantle the government, right. It just sounds so. Oh, it sounds why, so, why people I mean, go one, running. It sounds illegal. <laughs> yes. And yes. <laughs> two, it's, it sounds wrong. Like it sounds like we shouldn't have to do that. Like yeah. we live in a country that, we are, it's supposed that we all have the same rights, that we all are no. the same. <laughs> and it's no. so crazy like, that that is still what people walk around saying. And it's like, well, that's not the truth. Yeah, we all have inalienable rights. But like, we came, we came onto foreign land and murdered everyone in order to say that everyone has equal rights. It's, I mean, that's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. But the only way there's nothing that we can do about it now, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to dismantle it to start over. You know, it's like we'd that would be the only way to be able to fix it. I mean, like you said, and these the thing about it is too is these these like shifty, cunning old white dudes who were writing the rules and the regulations (laughs) way back in the day when they were wearing their Mm -hmm. motherfucking powdered wigs. Like they, it's like that. You're that thing of like being sticky. It's like they they embedded these laws. Like now I'm, I could be completely talking out of my head here. I'm not definitely not. I don't practice law. I go to fucking law school. Yeah. But and I feel I like these laws were much, all so. embedded <laughs> in such a way when they were being written that you cannot pull them. It's not easy to pull them apart from each other just to fix little things. Like it's yeah. like, and that's why I think like about the Supreme Court is when they make these big decisions on cases, you have people like that are the originalists who interpret the text as it was written. And I, th- I think that's what originalism is. As it was mm-hmm. the text, you interpret it as the text as it was written at that time time or maybe it's just as it was written and then you have like the other more sort of liberal leaning supreme court justices who interpret it differently but i think it's like that like originalism thing is like it's like sticky because it's you're you're looking at a piece of legislation a law that was written so long ago in a completely different environment yeah and we are totally and we still are totally these are the laws of our land. Everything was different. Sorry, yeah. keep going. Yeah, yeah. So those are the laws of our land. And I hear like, you know, every time I hear other countries, like in terms of like how they're able to just manage things so much more easily, like guns. 
Um, we're going to have to take them away from you because you don't know how to play with them anymore. Uh, <laughs> women's rights. Oh, yeah, we need to beef those up. Transgender rights. Yeah, we're, we're going to do something about that. Like, I, I hear things about, like, Australia, I feel like, and, like, New Zealand and just, like, other countries that are able to sort of manage, you know, things when they get out of control. But we cannot do that here. Like, we're just, like, yeah. unmanageable. Yeah. And again, I don't know enough about it to be able to like say why that's why oh, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. seemingly impossible. But I mean, I definitely know it's not easy. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, eventually I'm going to have to learn these things if I really want to like get in there and fight. But I, you know, one thing at a time, Jocelyn, that's what I tell myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't need the whole, we don't need you to bring us another earth. <laughs> oh, no, I don't we just need earth. like simple things that you, simple things that you feel comfortable giving the people. <laughs> <laughs> but I we don't to. need you to go and like <laughs> interpret the entire constitution, <laughs> at least today. <laughs> you, you mean I can't? Why not, John? I That's mean, I fuck. makes me happy. I wish I knew a lot of things about a lot of things I don't know about, but I don't have the bandwidth or the fucking time. <laughs> yeah, so just stay. So basically, you're saying stay to what you know and it'd well, be good no, at that. No, I wouldn't say stay to what you know. <laughs> I would say. Um, I'm just being bitchy. I'm just kidding with you. Yeah, no, I would never tell someone to stick to what they know. I, I am a big proponent of curiosity and I think you should. You should learn everything that you want to learn. But I'm saying don't overwhelm yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I will promise will. to also not overwhelm myself. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've definitely gotten better at that over the course of the last two years of my transition. Kind of, you know, I've always been a very passionate person and wanted to, you know, right the wrongs and fix things and help people and help myself and I've learned how to say no and, mm. you know, like using like the power of yes. Like when you finally get to say yes and you get to help someone and do something, you should be able to do it with every morsel of your being. And if you can't do that, that's when you should be able to say no. You know, your your point in helping people and your point in saying yes to someone that needs something from you is to be able to give them everything that you have when you say it. And for whatever it is, I mean, obviously, just because you say, yes, you can stay over, doesn't mean that that means you can, like, they can take over your house and they're going to be able to live there. But what that means is while they're there, you are going to, you're going to treat them like they're your guests, like, like the way you would want to be treated. You know, and any situation that you do should be done with with a level of mindfulness that is is going to help people moving forward. And I've always been like that. So that's why I feel like when I when I start to learn something, I want to make sure that I learn it completely so that I can help the people that I need to when I when I need to and help them completely and and wholly. Does that make sense? Mm hmm. Yeah, and just because you say yes doesn't mean that you can't revoke that yes when things yeah, aren't feeling you good. You should be able to say no. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that back if now because you, you were then, not acting you know, right. Say no. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh, well, wow. I love all of this that you have going on, and I, I can't wait to hear more about it and see how it unfolds. Thank um, you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely gotten happier, and you know, a lot has a lot of shit has hit the ceiling, but I still, I still am happier than I've ever been in my life, and it's all kind of come down to the fact that I finally was and I was and am able to like be authentic to who I am from the inside out. And it's such an exhilarating mm -hmm. feeling that I, I never knew was possible. It's so cliche. It's so every time I say it, I sound like I'm like reading from a poetry novel or something, but like, I, I just feel so happy now mm -hmm. and so even when things are shittier like i literally had the worst this last year was like the worst year of my life it like everything that could possibly go wrong basically went wrong and it was one of the hardest years and all along i was like when i look back and think of last year i i still only think about the positive things like, mm -hmm. unless it obviously is something that I'm still dealing with, you know, whatever it may be, but if it was negative, but most of the stuff I think about is positive and I, and I want to keep going that way. You know, I want to, I want to continue to be as positive as possible. And I'm just happy that, you know, I'm able to do that now and being able to like talk to people that. I knew before transitioning and kind of getting to know, like getting to be able to get to know them again as my authentic self and for them to be able to get to know me is really awesome. So I'm thankful for you reaching out to have this conversation mm -hmm. with me. I'm so happy we were able to do it, even if they, even if you couldn't give your computer a jump start. Sorry, <laughs> I know I was like, I was so happy we like, I was like let's just put you on speakerphone. So I have you on speakerphone and I have the mic like kind of one of the other so there are four mics in here and one of the mics like at the base of the speakerphone. Oh gosh, well hopefully it works. It sounds great here now that I'm listening to you so I'm I'm hoping it'll and I'm and I'm actually looking at it being recorded and all the little peaks and everything are there so it should be fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I'm glad we got a chance to catch up. Yeah, I know. I still, I mean, I feel like I still have like a lot of things I want to talk to you about. Well, this doesn't have or, to be the last time we ever chat. Okay. I know. I'm never so, like, speaking to you again. Thank you for this. What I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Alrighty. basically, I talked your ear off the entire time. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Let's keep in touch. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, John. Bye. Do you have any questions, feedback, or want to share a story about reconnecting? You can drop me an email at imissyoupodcast at gmail.com. Find and follow the show on Instagram at imissyoupodcast. I Miss You is hosted, edited, and produced by me, with lots of help from the universe. This episode was recorded at House of Pod in Denver, Colorado. Our podcast graphic was designed by Ian Sklarski. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, and show some love with lots of stars. It really helps. If you would like to support I Miss You, as well as get additional content and access to our members-only Facebook group, 
where you can connect and share with other listeners, consider subscribing to Patreon. You can find a link to Patreon in our Instagram bio or at our website at imissyoupodcast.com. And finally, reach out, connect, and spread the love by telling all of your friends about our show. Till next time, new friend.